Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. After the year that we have just had, I think it's possible for us to appreciate a little bit more this year what it was like for those who lived in the time of Jesus, uh, the Jewish people especially. You see, at the time, the people of Israel were living under Roman occupation. Now, it wasn't too bad for them. They could do most of their everyday things fairly normally, uh, but they did experience certain restrictions. And we know all about restrictions, don't we? (laughs) See, the Jewish people, they were conscious that they had the Romans looking over their shoulder. They were not fully free to be themselves. Their environment was a bit volatile. They were vulnerable. We kind of know a bit what that's like, don't we, after the year we've just had. Checking to see if we're five kilometres or not. I forgot my mask, I forgot my mask. (laughs) We kind of know what it's like to be in that kind of environment where you're just a bit vulnerable, you're a bit on edge. We can kind of understand what it was like for the people in the time of Jesus. And even though the Old Testament prophets had promised that God was going to deliver them from this uh, restriction, this kind of captivity that they were experiencing... They hadn't heard a uh, prophet for many, many years at the time of Jesus' birth. And so they were desperate for some good news. We know what it's like to be desperate for good news, don't we? Watching the TV Sunday mornings. What's Dan going to say today? (laughs) It's into that experience of captivity, of hopelessness, of desperation that Christmas is first announced by the angel. And we heard that announcement today. He said to the shepherds of all people, he said, listen, I bring you news of great joy, a joy to be shared by the whole people. Now, this got the attention of the shepherds. And I'm hoping, as we heard the announcement tonight ourselves, It got our attention too because we're all looking for joy, aren't we? Is that true? We all are craving for joy. The great St. Augustine back in the 4th, 5th century, way before modern psychology, he put his finger on this. He made that observation that everything we do in life is in some way an attempt to find happiness, to find joy. It's the question that we're trying to answer. It's the puzzle that we're trying to solve. That's why books on happiness are always in the bestseller list, because it's the craving of our soul. We're trying to answer this question of what will make me happy, what will fill that desire for joy. So today I want to talk about how Christmas brings us great joy. How it answers this question for us. It solves 
the puzzle. And for us to go there, we need to explore a bit of a theological concept. I, I usually try and avoid long theological words, right? But uh, we can't avoid this one. Because our identity as Christians, our, our hope, uh, hinges on this word. Our word for tonight is incarnation. That's what Christmas is all about. Incarnation. That's what changed the world forever. Incarnation. That's where great joy is found. In the incarnation. It's the word that we use to talk about God entering our human story as Emmanuel, as God with us. And not just God with us, but God who is one with us. A God who took on our flesh and all of our human limitations. The, the power of, well, behind all of creation becoming human, drawing alongside us in, in the most vulnerable, intimate, personal kind of way. It's unbelievable, isn't it? How, how do you get your, how do you kind of wrap your mind around that? idea. It reminds me of the human body. The more I learn about the human body, all the intricacies of the body, the more I think to myself, it's unbelievable. It's so perfect. Or, or the universe. I've learned that there are at least 100 billion stars in our galaxy, and there are about 2 trillion galaxies in the universe. Now, according to science, that's true. And I'm prepared to believe that. But at the same time, it's unbelievable. So I think to myself, well, if God can do that, I guess he can become a human. Thankfully, though, we, we don't need to wrap our minds around the incarnation because we can wrap our souls around it. You see, there are certain aspects of our life, and, and it's usually the most profound ones, that we can only truly understand with our soul through our inner experience, through, from, from that deepest centre of our being where God dwells. You see, I can't explain to you how God becomes one of us. But in my soul, I'm convinced that it's true because in my soul, I have met Emmanuel. In my soul, I have found the joy. I heard a, a moving story recently of someone else who had encountered this joy many years ago. His name was Horatio Spafford. He was a successful attorney, investor. But at one point, he lost a fortune in the great fires in Chicago in 1871. At about that same time, he also lost his four-year-old son to scarlet fever. And so after such a great loss and trauma, he decides to send his family on a holiday to England. He goes to the dock, he puts his four girls and his wife on the ship and uh, he sends them off. He had a bit of business to attend to, then he was going to meet them the next week. Anyway, as the ship was crossing the Atlantic Ocean, it collided with something, it, it, it sunk. 200 people lost their lives, including Horatio's four daughters. Only his wife survived. 
When he heard the news, he got on the next ship to England to be with his wife. And as he crossed that spot on the ocean where the boat sunk and he lost his four daughters, he said that suddenly these words of comfort and hope rose up from within him and filled his mind. And he wrote down those words, and, and that, those words have now become a famous song. I've asked Nicole to, to play that later for us. These were some of the words of that song. He, he said, When peace like a river comes my way, or when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Now, how could a man who has just had his heart ripped out, shattered to pieces, declare that it is well? It's unbelievable, isn't it, that someone could do that? Unless, unless your soul has received the gift of Christmas, unless you've met Emmanuel. God with us, which of course was the story of Horatio, a man of God who had met a man who had encountered the joy of Christmas. What is this great joy of Christmas, of the incarnation? What is it that it offers us? It gives, it, it, it is, Christmas is the joy of your soul being awakened to God. You see, it's got nothing really to do with your circumstances, what's going on on the outside. It's a joy that springs up from within. It's the joy of having God's life flowing through you. It's the joy of hearing that still, small voice deep within you, constantly accepting you as you are, loving you, reassuring you. It's the joy of knowing that it is well. That it is possible to delight and to hope in our soul even when we're suffering in our bodies or in our emotions or in our thinking. You see, Christmas joy is a joy of the soul which nothing can undermine or take away. That's the good news of great joy that the, the angel announced. St. Augustine, he wrote about his own soul encounter with the gift of Christmas. And he said, I was looking out there. I was doing all these things. I was trying so hard. I was keeping so busy. I thought the joy was out there. But then I realized it's in here. It's been with me all along. The joy is Emmanuel. God with us. And that, of course, led him to those famous words which we can never hear enough of. In his prayer to God, he said, God, you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless. Our hearts will never have the joy they're looking for unless they rest in you. You see, true joy is found in relationship with God, with a God who is all-loving and unchanging. And it's the gift of Christmas. If we receive it, 
that draws us deeper into that relationship. So every Christmas, God puts a question to you and me. And this is a question. Where are you going to look for joy over this coming year? What are you going to look to? Where are you going to find your joy over this coming year? Are you going to look on the outside? Are you going to keep striving your way to joy? Are you going to keep trying to solve all the problems in your life so that you can experience joy again? Are you going to keep filling your life with temporary pleasures so that you can experience joy? Or are you going to look on the inside? Are you going to receive the gift of Emmanuel? our source of life? Are you going to build and develop and grow that relationship with your God? I want to finish with an important part of the Christmas story that we can often overlook. We know that the first visitors to, uh, to Jesus, to the baby Jesus, were... The wise men who were on their way, you can see them over there, they're they're hanging out, they're waiting. And the shepherds, the shepherds are already there. (laughs) What we may not realise about these two sets of visitors is that the shepherds were genuinely considered the dregs of society, right? They weren't dressed as nicely as these guys are, they were, you know, they were the lowest of the low. The wise men were from a faraway place, they were not part of God's chosen people they these weren't supposed to be the first to visit the king so why were they well it seems to me Jesus had a very important point to make the wise men and the shepherds were God's way of saying that I'm accessible to everyone I'm not just for those in the Jesus club those who go to church every day or every week I'm here for everyone. That's why he was born in, in, in a stable and not in a palace somewhere where the other kings are born. Anyone can receive the gift of Emmanuel. Regardless of how messy your life may be, regardless of how far you feel from God, regardless of how religious you are or are not, Emmanuel's for everyone. So if we want to meet Emmanuel, if you want your soul to be awakened to God this Christmas, you you just need to be willing to go on a journey, just like the shepherds and the wise men were. You've got to be willing to to seek out Emmanuel, to take some small steps towards the king. That's our part to play in the Christmas story. That's how we unwrap the Christmas gift, by taking just some small steps. I want to encourage you this Christmas to consider taking one step towards joy, towards Emmanuel. What's one step that you can take? Maybe you're here tonight and you've never really been open to the possibility of faith, to be really honest. Maybe one step that you can take tonight is 
just to be open. Say, all right, God, if you're real, show me. I'm open. Or maybe you're here tonight and you, you believe, if someone asked you, like on the census, yep, yep, I believe, I'm Catholic. <laughs> but to be honest, you're not really that invested in your faith. You don't know much about your faith. It's kind of just there in the background somewhere. Maybe one step you can take this Christmas is to pick up a spiritual book or say, all right, I'm going to try out this Alpha course that Father Dan keeps talking about or I keep hearing about. It's a very simple way of learning more about Jesus and Christianity. Or maybe you're here tonight and, and you come to Mass, you may be like a, a Christmas Easter kind of Mass goer, right? And that's fine. But maybe one step you can take this Christmas is say, all right, I might try once a month. We'll give it a go. We'll see if everything Dan, Father Dan's talking about is real. Or maybe you're here tonight and you come every week and you're kind of involved in different, you know, like your faith's important to you, but you don't really connect with anyone. You're kind of like in and out, you know, it's just like me and God and my own little kind of community. <laughs> Maybe one step you can take this Christmas day, well, I'm going to get to know one person, get to know Cecilia. Everyone loves Cecilia and she cooks great food. So. <laughs> it's a good start. Or I'm going to serve in the community. I'm going to do something, help with cuppers or say hello to people as they walk in. Or maybe you're here tonight and uh, you're just on fire with faith. You know, you've got halos and angel wings and, you know, you just, I wish I could tell Father Dan what to do, you know. (laughs) If that's you, maybe one step you can take is just to recognise an area in your life where perhaps you're a bit overcome by anxiety. You're struggling to trust. If you look hard enough, I reckon you'll find one of those you know, um, areas of your life. Maybe your step tonight is just to acknowledge that and say, well, all right, God, I'm going to give this to you. I'm, I'm going to trust this to you. You see, every step we take opens us, opens our soul to the gift of Emmanuel, who, of course, is already waiting for us. He's here for us, ready to Fill us with his joy. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.